episode is sponsored by Moving Beyond the Page, homeschool curriculum for hands-on, creative, and gifted learners. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com. Welcome to a Sappy Homeschool Moms Podcast. Episode number 32. In this episode, the moms interview Deborah Marcus author of the Bigger Homeschoolers Wishlist, and editor and owner of Secular Homeschooling Magazine. <laughs> Mom, where's my Mom, Honey, where's my glasses? Mom, can I have a drink? Why is a dog wearing a tutu? Where are my shoes? Honey, is this one of your science projects in the fridge? I'm hungry. I'm Tina. I'm Becky. And, and we're the, the Savvy Homeschool Moms. So what's the time code this week to skip to the end of our chit-chat? 13 minutes, 53 seconds. So what have you been up to lately, Becky? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I just read this book, The Fault in Our Stars by John Green. Uh-huh. I read it in one day, basically, <laughs> like uh-huh. 24 hours. It was so good. And I, it's a young adult novel, um, but it's, it's, it's awesome. And um, I don't cry and I don't even cry at movies, really. I'm I'm sort of dead like Chandler that way. Yeah. <laughs> but I cried during The Fall in Our Stars. It was so good. I could not put it down. In fact, while we were working on the show outline yesterday, every time you stopped talking, I would look back down at my book. <laughs> <laughs> That's obsessed. Yes. That's oh, a good book it, then. It is a good book. I highly recommend it. Especially since we're not doing our books of the week today. I wanted to make sure I shared that. Right. <laughs> In fact, um, let me back up a little bit. Um, this is going to be a shortened intro to the Savvy Homeschool Moms podcast um, because we have um, a wonderful interview with Deborah Marcus. Yep. And um, the entire interview turned out to be an hour and 39 minutes. And <laughs> since we don't want you guys to miss a single minute of the hilarity, I have to tell you, at the end of that interview, my cheeks hurt. I was laughing so much. <laughs> so we broke it up into two parts. And um, so for this episode and the next episode where we won't be having our links of the week or our books of the week or our listener feedback just to make sure that we can get you the entire Deborah Marcus interview. Right. So um, let's see. What else? Uh, Stevie Homeschool Moms is in the middle of their very first blog hop. Um, we are doing a blog hop that um, I'm hoping we'll be able to do um, maybe once a month. And our first one was homeschooling humor. So um, if you want to get in on that, the blog hop is open until Sunday night, which I suddenly have to go and look at what the date is because I don't remember what day Sunday is, the 9th. So if you're listening (laughs) to this between now and June 9th, please feel free to jump in and add um, a blog post to our blog hop. Um, And if you're listening to it afterwards, come check it out. We might have another one running. Let's see. Um, on Friday, our charter school had their end of the year party at, mm-hmm. uh, what's that place? The Jungle Playhouse? Jungle Playhouse, yeah. Yeah, the Jungle Playhouse, which is a local indoor play area here. Um, and um, it was a little rough. We had a little bit of a rough start. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we had fun. It was good. Um, got to play with our friends and um, went and had a really cool lunch. And um, yeah. I got to- I got to go to the candy store by myself, which was pretty awesome. (laughs) That never happens. Um, Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. I have been working on organizing and planning our summer schedule. I know exactly what I want to um, hit. I want to focus hard on reading with Jack and writing with Danielle. And so I'm hunting down the stuff that I need. I found this great um, Teachers Pay Teachers um, 
person. It's in lieu of preschool. And I'm actually fairly certain that she follows us on Twitter because I recognize her little um, emblem. And she has fantastic printables to go with each of the Bob books. Oh, nice. Yeah. And the best part is they're free. <laughs> like that. Yes. And so I think we're going to be hitting the Bob books this summer and seeing if I can't um, get some more interest in that. I already have the app, which makes the books 10,000 times more interesting. And um, hopefully with the worksheets and stuff, that will be um, something Jack will be interested in doing. And then I picked up um, Winning with Writing for Danielle, um, which is the same people who do Growing with Grammar. Uh-huh. Which we've done previously, and Danielle really enjoyed, and she could work on by herself. She didn't require a whole lot of supervision to do it, and the mm-hmm. winning with writing books looks about the same. So look forward to in, um, my reactions to winning with writing later on this summer. <laughs> but assuming if it's anything like growing with grammar, it's going to be a positive thing. I mean, we really enjoyed that. And let's see. Oh, did you know that the Magic School Bus has been added to Netflix? Yay! Yay! No, well, we haven't had Netflix for a while, so. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, sadly, it's not all of them, um, but there's a bunch of them there, and the kids have been having a lot of fun watching those. Awesome. And yeah, we were pretty happy to find them, especially since we're going to need them for um, one of their science lessons here coming up soon. It, it listed uh, the Magic School Bus as one of the things to watch, and I was like, "Hey, we probably have that." <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, they have a, um, or they used to have a ton of them on discoveryeducation.com, but I don't know if they still do. It seems like they rotate their videos every once in a while, so. Yes. Yeah. I remember that they had a bunch of, so maybe if they do still have them, maybe they'll have the ones that they don't have on Netflix. That Never know. Awesome. That <laughs> awesome. How about you? What have you guys been up to? Not a whole lot. Uh, <laughs> I was ready to be done a couple of weeks ago, so I've been kind of, you know, winding down for the year, and I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I am so ready to be done. I was ready to start my summer. Um, I, I like just doing silly things. I started watch, re-watching all the Harry Potter movies again, which made me want to really get them all out and share them with Tyrant because he still never heard any of them. I watched all the movies, didn't watch, didn't read the books again, but um, but it has made me want to read them again. So yeah, yeah, and plus you guys have been talking about it too, so yeah, so that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> We had a really fun field trip to the Save Mart Center. Save Mart Center is a local, um, I don't know, what do you call it, stadium? Uh, it's sta- like not a, really a stadium. It's like a concert venue. Concert or? hall. It's yeah. enormous. I mean, it holds thousands and thousands of people. I don't even, I can't remember. She said the numbers when we were there, of course, but I don't remember what it was. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had, that's the place where they do, like, they do all the local sporting events, but they also do all the concerts, or a lot of the concerts, and they did the big things like, uh, what's it called, Walking with Dinosaurs. We yeah. saw that. Um, the what, what else did we see there? We saw the... Um, Recently, that dragon, what's that dragon show? Um, uh, How to Train Your Dragon. How to Train Your Dragon, thank you. I was yeah. drawing a blank. Saw that there. That was really cool. So Yeah, we saw the Wiggles there twice. They're, oh, did you? Yeah. Cool. Tyrion saw a monster truck show there at one point. Had ear, Even with earplugs in, he said it was way too loud. Oh, wow. <laughs> he went with my brother and my, my dad. That was really cute. I think that the kids saw... Uh, Disney on Ice there too. I think. I think oh yeah, I think Disney on Ice was there. Now that I think about it. Yeah. So it was really cool. We we got a chance to see around the stadium again, which we hadn't been since Turin was like four or five, so a couple years. And um, last time we went there, they had um, dump trucks dumping dirt onto the stadium floor um, for some kind of a. Um, I think it was like a dirt bike 
rally thing, whatever, performance. And uh, that was so cool when we went there the last time. But but the sad part was that we didn't get to go down on the floor because of all the dump trucks and right. the dirt. <laughs> so this time they didn't have any. Um, so we got to go down on the floor. And then we got to hear even more about because we had a different lady that did the tour this time. Um, than the last time, so we got to hear different things too, which was kind of cool. So we got to hear. I didn't realize they have their own dirt. They actually, when they were building the stadium, they had to dig, of course, for the, yeah. so, the basement that they have, um, uh, basement level or whatever. And they saved a bunch of that dirt, and they save it off like on the side of the property. And whenever they need dirt, they bring it all in with dump trucks. And then when they don't, when they're done, they take it all back out again, and they oh, bring that's it over. Funny, I know, isn't that crazy? And she said that the, they don't even time it properly either, because uh, a lot of times there's things in between the dirt events, so they have to take it out and bring it back. Oh no! <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my god! I I just can't even imagine having it because we saw them bringing it in that one time, but I cannot imagine having to bring it back and forth like that. It's just like crazy. They, they presumably get paid really well, though, I would imagine, though, since everything there costs so much money. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, but we got to see in the locker rooms and got to hear some stories about celebrities. Madonna has has to have a brand new toilet seat every time, apparently. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> She's, like, really worried about germs, and so it has to have this... The, the the what do you call it the plastic still on it <laughs> so that she knows that she's not going to get sick oh my god because like, you know people get sick from toilet seats all the time of course all the time <laughs> like wait isn't that one of those old wives tales <laughs> oh is that just the pregnancy thing i don't know <laughs> but anyway so it was fun we had a really good time and um got to of course the kids were most excited by the elevator what is it with kids in elevators <laughs> I well i would assume it's a pretty big one because don't they have to like move like the equipment and stuff up no in there? this was just a normal elevator oh so no i mean if they do have a big one we didn't see it so (laughs) interesting yeah yeah so uh let's see what else did we do um this the end of the school year party was fun we we really enjoyed that maven had a blast in the ball pit because they never you never see ball pits anymore right right so they, she was like, Mom, Mom, look, look, my 12, almost 13-year-old is, like, having a blast in the ball pit. <laughs> that was hysterical. But all her friends were there, and, and all our friends were there. It was so cool to hang out with the moms. And, yeah. and we had stayed there all day. It was so funny when they first announced it, and somebody said, 10 to 5, that's a long that's a long party. And they're like, oh, no, that's just the hours of operation. That's how long they're open. We're not going to stay that long. We were there from 10 to 4. Yeah, I know, because Danielle didn't get home, because Jack and I had left early, and I left Danielle with you guys, and um, Danielle didn't get home until after five, and I was like, wow, like, I did not expect it to be that, because Jack was like, can we go back, can we go back, and I'm like, no, because by the time we drive all the way back there, it's going to be almost time to close anyways, plus the kids are going to be ready to go, and uh, no, guess not. Nope, yeah, I thought that they would wind down sooner, but with the the ball pit and the, and the the little tunnel thing, the climbing structure tunnel thing, and the bounce house. And then, of course, once Tyrion got into the Wii, he didn't want to leave the Wii, so. Yeah. <laughs> but they had, you know, they play. I saw them playing air hockey, and and um, uh, there was a pool table, although I don't see anybody playing on that, but they could have. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there was all kinds of fun stuff there. I, I was really surprised that my kids didn't do any art. Did your kids do any art? No. Oh, that was weird. But <laughs> there's a whole big art area, and they didn't they didn't do any art. But anyway, yeah, exactly. We're, it was weird. We're definitely going to be going back to that place again. That was very very cool. 
But the big news for me right now is this. I'm, I'm now. I've now dubbed. I talked about it in the last episode. I've now dubbed it the Great Summer Clean and Purge, <laughs> <laughs> or Purge and Clean, whichever. <laughs> and uh, I actually started June first this last Saturday, Yay! and I have been working my way through sections of my kitchen because my kitchen is the first room that I'm working on, the first zone that I'm working on, and I am sticking with it. And I am so proud of myself. Yay! I've done so much. I actually started a whole series on homeschoolrealm.com. And I'm trying to post updates as I go um, before and after pictures, although I keep forgetting to t- take before pictures, which um, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Some of it is I'm probably not going to take before pictures. Of I've always believed some things don't require a before picture. Yeah. <laughs> Just have to take my word for it. Yeah. I mean, I took a before picture of the freezer, but I did not take a before picture of the fridge. It was bad. But I, I think at that point I just hadn't thought of it yet. But anyway, so I have some pictures up there and I've been writing about it. So if anybody wants to join me, I've had several people already, um, some of my friends and then some some readers who've already said that I've inspired them and so I'm like come join me and we can do this together and we can inspire each other so if you feel like doing a master purge and clean of your house this summer it's not not too late to join us so uh-huh. just come and post on the homeschool realm um, you'll see the posts when you go to homeschoolrealm.com it's pretty obvious <laughs> all the posts all the recent posts are going to be about it so I'm doing trying to do it by day by day but we'll see if I can keep that up <laughs> But having a blast, and I've already eliminated a, a paper bag and a half of stuff, yeah. and I've only done three days. So, <laughs> so that's pretty good because I'm I'm working my way through the kitchen right now, and the areas that I'm in don't really have a whole lot of clutter yet. And that actually today's I'm I'm gonna probably get rid of a bunch more um, the cabinets I'm going through today. But um, so uh, considering that there wasn't a whole lot to begin with, I'm I'm pretty proud of the fact I've already filled a bag and a half. <laughs> So <laughs> it's going really, really well, and I'm very happy about it. So, Yay! Yeah. And now we'd like to give a little time for our sponsors. This episode of the Savvy Homeschool Moms is brought to you by Moving Beyond the Page, the homeschool curriculum that I use for science, social studies, and language arts. I get to read great books, do creative projects, and learn critical thinking skills. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com and use the coupon code SAVVYMOMS for free shipping on your next order. Do you remember what it's like to be an adolescent? Postcards from Youth needs youth photographers' images and words to participate in the conversation. If you have children aged 11 to 17, we invite you to have them submit photos they have taken of their surroundings, family, friends, community, interests, and concerns to our website, postcardsfromyouth.com. And now we'd like to bring you the first half of our interview with Deborah Marcus. So today we are really happy to finally be able to hook up with Deborah Marcus. Yay! <laughs> I love it. She says, finally! <laughs> <laughs> Yay, the long-awaited interview. So Deborah Marcus is the homeschooling mother of a mohawked 15-year-old musician. I love that. You have to send us a picture to put in the notes. Oh, I totally should. I will. Yes, definitely. She lives in Southern California where she works and plays with local homeschoolers. She was the editor and publisher of the late, great secular homeschooling magazine and is now shopping her first novel around to agents while writing her second. 
So welcome, Deborah. Yay! Yay! Thank you so oh, much uh, for coming. Oh, thanks. It was really. It was the traffic was bad. I gotta say, <laughs> <laughs> huge. I almost didn't make it. I'm like, I'm sweating like Chekhov here. Can you see this? I'm oh my! <laughs> oh my! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and actually, we're having some actually nice uh cooler weather here in california right now are you having it down there too we are but it's santa monica where being the weather announcer is like should be the lowest paying job in the world because for <laughs> 360 days out of the year it's like yeah today's weather is pleasant that's, like, that's it you know just like and it's it's you know and then for five days a year it's like 90 degrees and we all go oh what is this you know okay <laughs> No, maybe this is what the whole rest of the country gets for like four months. It's called summer. Yeah. You've heard yeah. of it, yeah. So, yeah, you don't want to come up to Fresno. No, 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 <laughs> no offense. I, I'm sure the people there are delightful. I've heard, but oh, um, yes. yeah, no, I'm the wilting little flower, so <laughs> I would not do well there. I have to stay by the water; it keeps me fresh. So, oh, I envy you. I really do. Yeah, I'm so jealous. <laughs> Very jealous. Yeah, so left out, but yeah. <laughs> so tell our listeners yes. a little bit about your homeschooling journey. Uh, how long have you been homeschooling, and what led to your decision to homeschool? <laughs> I've got to get started um, with the big questions, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, it's so weird because I I feel like there was never any one day that I sat down and said, you know what, what let's we should do. You know, it was just like. <laughs> We just kind of, I mean, he started off as this really, I never even thought about it. I had, I was not somebody who was like, you know, reading, I don't know, Linda Dobson on my honeymoon or something, you know, I mean, I wasn't one of these hardcore, you know, people. And, and so, you know, we live, we live two blocks away from a school that is so well reputed, the public school that Mm -hmm. I've had people ask if they can please lie and say they live at my address so their kid can go there. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And I cannot tell you how ticked off some people were for a while when they asked where my son went to school and I said at homeschool and then they heard my address and they were just like, are you kidding me? I'm like, maybe (laughs) sort of, I could be a pathological liar. Why? You know what I mean? (laughs) But so, yeah, it just never occurred to me at all. And then I gave birth to a tiny, adorable little baby leech. And it really, I hadn't heard about Dr. Sears and his high needs child, you know. (laughs) And, you know, by high needs, we mean like, hi, you don't mind like bulking up like Schwarzenegger because you're going to be holding this kid for the next two years. And by the way, since he's going to nurse constantly, by the time he's five months old, he'll be 20 pounds. You're welcome. You know, so <laughs> really, I mean, yeah. So he was a little bit bonded. And I just, and when I did finally, you know, in my like sleepless stupor, stumble to the library and find Dr. Sears, I was really struck by something he said, which is, okay, Heine's children can and will survive if you just like, oh, just put the baby in the other room and let him cry it out. Or, oh, just, you know, send him to school and let him, you know, I don't even know if this year's is homeschool, but they weren't talking about that per se. Right. But, you know, but like, oh, they'll, you know, they'll be fine. It's like, well, they'll survive, but right. they'll be sent, they'll be spending all their energy just Surviving. to be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'll just be trying to be like coping. They'll be exactly yeah. there. So which school should not just be sitting here trying 
not to flip out at all times. And I could right. sort of kind of see him going there. So early on, I was like, all right, preschool, never mind. We're broke anyway. It's okay. We can, you know, <laughs> we'll just, you know, do those mommy and me classes for a million years. Okay, fine. Whatever. <laughs> and then it just really wasn't changing. And then I found out that he inherited whatever gene I have, which is like this kind of fatalistic perfectionist thing. Where <laughs> unfortunately, I can do a few things right the first time. And then anything else, I'm like, oh, I didn't do this. I can't do it. It can't be done. You know, and really. <laughs> Sounds like my daughter. <laughs> yeah. It, it's horrible, right? And I didn't want to inflict that on a teacher. I remember how much fun I was to have to be as a student. And I'm like, okay, you know what? This is somebody who is really going to need what my teachers didn't have time to give me. Not at all blaming them, but, you know, good Lord. You've got, you know, even when I was a kid, the classes were relatively small and they're bigger now. But I needed somebody who knew when and how to gently push right. and to say, you can actually do this. Everybody takes 10 tries to do this. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I just realized he just was really going to need something a lot more tailored than any school could give and should be expected to give. You know, right. really not fair to the teachers who are trying to cope with 30 plus people. Right. And so, you know, it just kept going and I kept going like, well, okay, he can start. Oh, I looked it up. He can start kindergarten. He doesn't have to go to kindergarten because kindergarten actually isn't legally required. We don't have to start until he's six. Oh, yay. He's a January birthday. That actually gives us another year because of the weird things about the California, you know, education laws. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then finally I was like, and then for some reason, okay, I'm really bad at like paperwork and being the least bit organized and it kind of sort of terrifies me. So, <laughs> you know, my mother-in-law would have been like the awesome homeschooler in this aspect of it. And I was like, wait, you have to like basically sign up as a private school and then like be like do paperwork. And I was like, oh, we can't do this. No, we're, and then I was like, we're going to move like to Arizona, which <laughs> really not the thing to do just in a moment of you know, panic about paperwork. Okay. Not a good. (laughs) It's so much easier. Yeah. You know, yeah, that'd be way easier. Right. You know, and I was like, so really for me, the doing of the homeschooling and even the decision to homeschool was not the scary part because it kind of crept up on me gradually. I was like, okay, we went to preschool. Okay. We went to kindergarten. Okay. We'll do. Oh God, I'm doing it. Okay. You know, I you know, and I kind of never really said I was homeschooling until like, he was like, 12 or so. I mean, not really, because I, okay, I had the magazine. That's kind of a coming out party, but I really, you know, was, was kind of not admitting even to myself because I was kind of sitting there going, you know, just because we're homeschooling now doesn't mean we like have to, you know? And so finally, after I've been, you know, so doing the homeschooling was not the scary part. The idea of teaching my child was not the scary part for a variety of reasons, but Filling out that that paperwork, which I'm putting in quotes because it's an online form, as you California girls know. Yes. Um, that, for me, and so I had, and let me give a shout out to my friend Kathleen, who now lives in Texas. And apparently, if you're a woman and you move to Texas, your IQ drops like 50 points, at least according to all the guys around you, but okay. Oh, no. So she, I know. She's one of the most brilliant women I know, and she's just like... Yeah, they treat me like an idiot here. I'm like, really? In Texas? Imagine that. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so like, hey. Anyway, um, so before she, you know, moved, um, she has like four kids. So she's mellowness incarnate because you'd sort of kind of have to be if you're, you yeah. know, oh, sure. rock, right? 
Mm-hmm. And so she's like, here, I'll walk you through it. And I literally was at her house. And I'm like, okay, wait, I, we live here. What's my school district? What's my school district? She's like, sweetie, it's Monica. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. Right, I'm like, you know, sitting here like Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man 3 having this full-on, like, you know, anxiety attack, thinking, like, am I having a stroke or am I homeschooling? <laughs> and it's, you know, so um, she walks me through and... So I'm like, okay, okay, I filled it out. Okay, I did it. And she's like, yeah, this is how you do it, just step by step. And, okay, and you guys, again, you know, you do the California form. And when you click at the end, they're like, okay, click send. So we're like, okay, I'm going to click send. It's going to be official. All right, here we go. (laughs) And when you click send, they don't go, oh, yay, ta-da, you're done, and, and congratulations, you, you know. No, they open this big window on your computer, and it says, like, something really scary, like, are you sure that's what you meant to do? <laughs> like, for five years in a row, every year I forgot about that, and every year it scared me. So I go, like, what send? Ah! You know, like, just ridiculous. <laughs> and it was just this, and then for one minute, I would, like, be sitting there going, who gets that and goes like, um, well, geez, hang on. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe not. The school's right down the street. I No, you know what? Never mind. No, <laughs> Why did they do that? Know, right? It's not like this is a two-question form here. <laughs> did you really mean that? No, no, of course not. I was just playing. I was bored. You know how you get on Facebook and you play games and really long, so you're like really bored? Right. I went to the, uh, you know, the, the California Education Official Government website and said, yeah, let me see. Oh, my gosh. They have a questionnaire. I love questionnaires. Like, no. <laughs> yes, I want to do this. Let me in. Yeah, so... <laughs> So, yeah, that was the scary part. <laughs> <laughs> so you did it. I and did. now you're doing it. <laughs> yes. And it just every once in a while, I wake up because I'm really bad with dates and sleeping. And I go like, did I follow the form? It's like, oh, it's May. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you need to get, we have a group here that has a person on there that always posts in October <laughs> and says, don't forget, it's coming up. Oh, I have that. Oh, oh you yeah, do? No, I have that. <laughs> I'm just really, really dumb. Yeah, no. So, <laughs> plus at four in the morning, no, you, you know, you don't have that friend that's that close. You're just like, wait, is it? You know, that's like the, you know, it's the just okay. Maybe I'm the only one. Does everybody else have the four in the morning voice of? Did you file for homeschooling? Do you have cancer? Do you, you know, it's like, exactly. Oh, no Do you remember to do that? Did you? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. That's when my brain tells me all the things that I forgot to oh, do. Or of course, and they all seem dire. Of course. <laughs> I've had 4 a.m. panic attacks about freaking library books, okay? They're not going to kill me for that one, even in California, okay? That's really not a capital offense, all right? But no, 4 in the morning, I manage. Okay, so, yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, I'm homeschooling. And, uh, yeah. That's the long, the long story short, right? Oh, way too late for that. No, honey, no. <laughs> story even longer. Yeah, no, but, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, so that was, yeah, that was the scary part. So you've been doing yeah. it all along then? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah so I really we, have, like, pretty much, I don't know, prenatally. I don't, yeah, I just, <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, it just, I mean, okay, you got to understand, I, I mean, we live in Santa Monica, and the thing is, we moved here back when you moved to Santa Monica because you were broke. And then oh. while we lived here, yeah, there was a time, okay? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I know, right? And then while we moved here, by the time we had a kid, Santa Monica was the place that you moved in order to become broke. So that's a different <laughs> And 
everything got just cost a casquillion dollars. And I mean, seriously, paying for even just a couple of days a week of preschool would have cost more than I've ever made at any job. And I'm not kidding. I mean, literally. Now, granted, my jobs have all sucked, but still, it's Mm -hmm. really expensive around here. And so, you know, the not going to preschool thing was really not that big a decision because it's like, oh, please, you know, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a lot of money. And I, you know, and part of me is like, look. It's not just that I make my own coffee. I would grow my own beans if I could, okay? I do not want to spend money on something that I could be doing myself. So I'm like, I'll teach him to read. You know, it's like, all right. But but what the one thing that really bothered me, the only thing that bothered me about my son not going to preschool was we met a bunch of people at a at a cheap local, like mommy and me kind of thing, like one at the library and one at the local Y. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we had some friends and then all of a sudden, we our friends were all really, really, really busy, like when they're three and four. Because, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, I'm well in there. All of a sudden, life interferes. It's like, no, they're three. What's going on? Why can't we see you guys anymore? It's like, oh, yeah, I started her in preschool because I was really worried about her making friends. I'm like, um, you're really, you really did just say that, right? That you don't have time <laughs> to hang out with your friends because you went <laughs> to preschool because you're worried that your kid don't have friends. All right. Okay. Yeah. So that, <laughs> that, that makes bugged sense. me a little bit because it was such a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, I can understand. Look, I've known people who live literally just way out in the woods or the boonies or the, what do they call it in Australia where there's like way out more back, Yeah. Well, like unless your kid is bonding with the local kangaroos, you're not going to you know and it's like okay all right you know what the kids in the outback aren't going to preschool but you know but the rest of them (laughs) hey like washington state way out in the woods i had a friend who lived there and it's like look basically unless we drive way into town we're not seeing another human being and we've you know so so this was somebody who like actually did homeschool but who her kids went to preschool because literally they just really would not physically be around other kids but um you know, but for us, it was like, look, we already knew plenty of people, you know, it's a, it's a pretty big town. And, and, you know, so we were just kind of hanging out and we had all these friends. And then all of a sudden, I don't know why I had been so resistant to joining like a, an official homeschooling group. I just, I guess I just had it in my head that like, no, we can make this work. You know, (laughs) and I didn't think about like, oh, homeschoolers are what a bunch of weirdos. I don't want to hang with them. Although, you know, I mean, now I know, (laughs) but you know, but I just was like, no, we have friends. We'll do this. And then like, just all our friends were way too busy at school. And then when they were after school, they wanted to hang out with the kids that they knew in school because school is not for socializing young lady. Thank you. So, (laughs) you know, um, so I was like, all right, we got to join a group and it was awesome. And then I wondered why I'd like tortured myself for so long trying to be a lone wolf with this. So, Oh, absolutely. The groups that we are, have been a part of over the years have just been, I don't know how we do it without them. Oh, yeah. God. They're lifesavers. Absolutely. I, yeah. I recommend anybody, first thing you do when you decide to homeschool is go out and find a group, at least one. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. If you're, I mean, I now, I actually kind of um, wrangle a local group and I'm not as active in it because my son is so much older now and I'm not, you know, as hands on with it, but I do, I wrangle like the email loop and I get requests from people who's like, okay, um, my kid's a year old, but we'd really like to learn more about homeschooling. And I'm like, yeah, do it. You know, cause yeah. it really, it's never, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. I had my daughter in homeschool play groups at like one, <laughs> totally. but I needed the socialization. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. totally me. So now you just mentioned you have an older son now. So tell us <laughs> about how it is having an older son. <laughs> I mean, Becky knows, but she didn't homeschool her older son. No. So oh, okay. what is it like? Because we're going to be there soon. Mine's going to be 13 this year. Becky's only a couple years behind. Yep. What's it like homeschooling high school? Okay. Well, on the one hand, <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's in some ways I find it easier than the younger stuff. Even while I look back on the younger stuff and go, Oh man, I wish I had known I had it good. <laughs> so I wish that I had known, you know, that when he was little, that like his memories were not going to be of any one specific event or lesson. They were going to be, of a general feel of his childhood. I mean, like, yes, he learned to read at, you know, like a kind of a normal age. Cause I was kind of freaked out about his learning to read because he had been, he had that fatalistic perfectionistic thing. And I was like, I need him to get over this hurdle. He needs to know he can get over this hurdle so we can refer back to this when stuff is hard. So we can say like, honey, remember when that really, really, really short word, like made you burst into tears. Cause like, I don't know, you know, we can do this, you know? And so, so, but other than that, there really was no one thing that was going to be stuck in his memory. It was just, you know, the sense of, oh, let's go out and play and let's do this and let's just read a bunch of stories that I'll remember by heart, but, you know, he will just, you know, have a general sense of it. But it's, it's less hands-on, which is cool because now that I'm, you know, trying to actually I don't know, get some work done. Yeah. Uh, you know, little things like that. Um, it's it's less hands-on because he can work more independently with a big fat asterisk and a huge footnote and conditional next to that. But there are different pressures. So when he was younger, um I got more questions from people on the street. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like, oh, he's not in school today? Oh, oh you homeschool? Oh, well, what, you know, and then the whole questionnaire, which we all love, you know. Oh, yeah. If you're <laughs> listening to this, just know it brightens our whole day. When you call <laughs> out that 57-question list that you, you know, have been saving up to torture us with, we, no, we love it. Okay, so, oh, but, yeah. um, so there was more of that when he was younger, and there isn't as much of it now, although now there, and this is a little bit, like, baffling to me um more of my homeschooling friends are saying like or at my homeschooling and my non-homeschooling friends are all saying like right but are you gonna homeschooling all through high school and I'm like why wouldn't I you know I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like I mean I I um a friend of mine her daughter who is a very gifted writer uh, wanted to go to high school for, uh, I think she wanted to for a semester and ended up doing it for a year. And basically, because A, she got really sick of her friends saying things. And then when she would say, no, that's not true, they're like, oh, you don't know. You haven't been to school. And she's like, ah. So she's like, fine, I'll go. And then I can argue with my friends. Okay. <laughs> but more importantly, she really wanted um, the basically the experience kind of as a journalist because even though she wants to write fiction but I'm like you know I talked to her about this and it was basically you know what unless you're going to write fantasy or total science fiction or all your characters just happen to be homeschooled yeah you know what this would be good experience because Mm -hmm. it you know it really kind of it is something to know what that would be like with this you know kind of typical experience would be like so she did it and it was fine but she kept a blog that basically was like the you know oh the homeschooler who went to high school and it was 
amazing. And it basically convinced me that, uh, you know, I mean, first of all, if I had a daughter at this point, I would be like, you know, putting her in a convent in France before I would, (laughs) you know, go to a public high school in America. And, you know, second of all, that I'm going to probably put my son in a convent in France rather than let him (laughs) go to. I love that. He can take his, his hair products. It's fine. He'll be fine. But, um, (laughs) oh my gosh, seriously, the guy uses so much, but anyway, um, (laughs) no, it is just, I just think it's so ironic that, the pressures in high school are so enormous and huge and painful. And that's when people think that I would be most likely to go ahead and send my, my kid into school. Now, he could probably handle school better now. He really feels himself to be a very strong individual. He would not feel the same um, social pressure to conform. He definitely, so he would be fine in that respect. But you know what? We live in a really nice town. We live in a really nice city and there are gangs and there's a lot of drugs. There are a lot of, you know, incidents of violence. There's a lot of sex. And I'm like, you know what? It's seriously, unless you're telling me that literally he is going to be asking people if they want fries with that for all of eternity, (laughs) unless I send him to high school. And I sort of kind of don't think that's true. (laughs) Forget it. We, we can find our own way with this. I would, I would rather, I would rather wing it. Yeah. So, and uh, you know, which is not to say that it's not scary at times, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's been a little bit scary the whole time. So I can handle this. She says, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, but, so um, what do you use for your curriculum for at this age? Uh, all right. Here's the thing. I have never, ever, ever felt like I could say that we're unschoolers because we know a lot of radical unschoolers mm-hmm. who just make, just really, really, really make me feel like I send my kid to military school in my homeschooling. I mean, like, they're <laughs> that you know, hip and groovy with it. And I'm like, okay, so clearly we're not that. But then every time I talk to like anybody else who homeschools, I'm like, oh my God, I think we're unschooling. So I have no, (laughs) um, uh, but it is okay. I guess the best description would be that we really are child led because even when he's sitting here muttering and groaning through some of this stuff, and he is, it is also stuff that he wants to do because of the opportunities that will open up for him. So, you know, for instance, he knows he wants to go to university. And so he mutters and groans his way through Latin and Spanish. He's got to have the Latin, the, uh, the language requirements. And he actually sort of kind of likes the Latin or at least likes what it teaches him about the language. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, ditto with math, because even though his primary interest at this point is music, he's always had a strong interest in engineering and I've always told him that, you know, all rivers run to the sea and that everything that you learn will pour into what ends up being your life's love. And so, you know, if you feel an inclination in this direction, go with it. And he's like, I don't know. And then he's running in like, he's like, Oh, I just saw on, um, 
you know, on YouTube, there's this guy, and he's a musician, and he does EDM, electronic dance music. Yes, I'm old. Um, <laughs> and uh, I didn't know that until he told me. Thank you. I was over here breaking my hip. But um, he is runs in and tells me this. He's like, and he does EDM. He does the same music that I do. And he has, like, robots, but he designed them himself, and they kind of move with the music. And, like, so you know what you were saying about engineering, and it could be part of music? Yeah, you were totally right. And I'm like, and part of me is like, you're welcome, you know. And then... <laughs> Oh, good. You know, I mean, because it's like, but, you know, the thing is, is like, you know, so I, I just, I wanted to tell him, like, you may not see it right away, but that kind of moment will happen. And so, like, we're doing, um, you know, we were talking about history, and we kind of do, the closest thing I can come to a curriculum is we have the well-trained mind, and we're sort of kind of doing the, um, their idea of the history via literature. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, in studying ancient Greece, he's like, but we winged it. Like we, you know, he really, all the translations of the Iliad and the Odyssey were just, I was like, these are great. And he's like, this said what now? So I'm like, all right, let's do some plays. And then those are, <laughs> that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're reading this and I'm like, all right, I'm picking the plays that I think will help you the most because here's the thing. He's, he is very, very interested in music, but he's not interested in just being a performer. He's. He studies the piano. He takes lessons. He's been taking them since he was four. He studies violin, ditto with the lessons. And now he's teaching himself um, electronic music. And he really wants to learn electric guitar, which I think is very appropriate for the kind of thing he wants to do. And I'll just have to convince the 16 other families in our apartment unit <laughs> that this is appropriate and a necessary part of his education. Okay. But um, but the thing is, he doesn't want just to perform. He wants to make his own music. And I said, all right, here's the thing. If you were just going to, and I don't mean just in a derogatory fashion, but I mean if specifically you were going to be a music performer, you it would be very appropriate for you to have an education like, okay, I for a while was totally crushed out on the cellist uh, Jacqueline Dupree. Um, and she, you know, I just, I, I don't mean that kind of crushed out, but she was like, just like, <laughs> I don't know why I just really fell in love with her music and her, you know, that was like the only connection I had ever really felt to her classical music. So I read all about her and I listened to her and it really, you know, it was amazing. And, you know, and I, she went to a school, I mean, it was clear from practically day one that she was going to be a professional performer and, you know, on the, on the classical cello. And so her school was pretty much practice six hours a day and then like, academic is like foreign languages because you're going to be, you know, touring around the world as a classical musician. You really, why it would be a huge waste of time and resources to be like cramming calculus at you. You don't need this. Okay. I'm not saying that calculus is not worthwhile. It is, I'm sure wonderful. (laughs) I haven't tried it, but I'm just saying, (laughs) um, you know, so that was really the best use of her time that could be made because really she needed that time to just plain learn the music and get the muscle memory while she was, you know, young and malleable and really that crucial time. And for my son, he's going to be creating, he's going to be writing lyrics. He's going to be, you know, mapping out the music itself. And there, you know, you just don't know when, you, you need the, the cultural literacy to do that. If you're going to communicate with your audience, you need to know, as I was saying to him, that, for instance, if you use the name Cassandra, that's not just the name. 
that is a, a very specific reference to a very specific character in Greek mythology who, you know, this idea of the Cassandra, you know, and in fact, and then like that day, like after I gave him this little talk, I went and read this book review and it talked about like, and I ran into him in the other room and I went, look, honey, this, this book review is saying like, look, this character has a mother who's very Cassandra-like. And I'm like, see, they just say like, like, you're supposed to know that, you know? And so, you know, if you're, you know, I mean, like, so I'm just like, that's really important. You never know how important that's going to be. So yeah, we're going to do you, you know, you need a lot of time to work on your music and I'm going to give you that. And, but also, yeah, you need your basic general education because you're going to be creative and, and you need it all. So, you know, good luck on that whole sleeping thing. No, I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it's, he really does have a very full day, but it's what he wants. I mean, right. it's, this is, if he had argued with that, and, you know, said like, well, no, actually, I don't want to blah, blah. It's like, okay, but he's a very reasonable person. He's incredibly, you know, I mean, he's a lot like me, so he's not always reasonable. But, I mean, he's not unreasonable. So when I talk like that and I say, you know, this is why you would need that and this is why, you know, we're kind of griping and muttering our way through some of this um, stuff, he's like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's true, okay. Um and I feel like homeschooling all this time and up to this point has really kept those lines of communication open. There's not, he knows that I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to torture him by teaching him, you know, I'm not um, just laying a line on him like, no, this is fascinating. Didn't you know, you know, I'm, this is really, this is his education. So it really is about him. Right. And so, you know, so we work together on that, but it's, it's constantly being refashioned. Um, so even when we follow the well-trained mind, you know, like I said, like the Iliad and the Odyssey really didn't work very well for him. So we switched to some Greek plays and he's, you know, getting the cultural references out of that. And he read like, you know, for the the Greek mythology, cultural literacy, you know, we read Dolores' book of Greek myths, which is awesome and which is all ages and, you know, which really tells you what to need, you know, what you need to know. Um and so, you know, so we're kind of going like that. And I am looking into him taking a couple of classes at um, our local community college is basically, I mean, this sounds so braggy, but it's, it actually is world famous. I mean, we really do get students from all over the world because you can get your, um, not your BA, but your AA there. They have a huge transfer rate to the UCs, especially UCLA, because it's right near us. And... You know, and that, I think it would be interesting to him to take, you know, just a, a, a you know, like even just like a gut English course or, or something like that mm-hmm. and see what it's like. Um, but it's, it's again, it's part of, uh, you know, what he wants, what he needs. Um, you know, we're still, we're looking into that. I don't want it to be... Uh, you know, like, oh, you have to do this because otherwise you'll never be able to blah, blah. But, you know, we, we, we're looking into his options and, and to what would suit him best. And it's that's a little bit terrifying because um, uh, I can't remember the name of the article I wrote, but it's like, you know, the good news about homeschooling is it's all up to you. You can do whatever you want. And the bad news is it's all on you. You have to figure yeah. all this out and it's whatever you want, you know, nobody's going to tell you. Um, so, you know, that can be a little disconcerting, but it's still, I mean, for us, it beats the alternative and it's, it's working. I mean, it is, you know, he's going to get where he's going because we keep moving, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. 
There you go. So, yeah. <laughs> Becky, well, you're up next. <laughs> I know. I was ready, and then you, like, talked. Darn I know. It. I had another, I was like, <laughs> I had to go up my another question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think it would probably be safe to say that you are most well-known on the Internet for your bitter homeschoolers wish list. Can you <laughs> think, maybe? Right. <laughs> so do you, can you tell us a little bit about how that came about and if there's any good stories behind any of them? Oh, my gosh. Okay, what's funny about that is I that was for the first issue of the Secular Homeschooling magazine, and it was, um, it was basically a, a publicity piece. And... I had actually posted a few of the things that I that I jotted down for the list on a loop that I was on, and I was waiting for a response, and it was just like crickets, you know. So I'm like, oh, I guess this isn't as funny. Oh, that's too bad. Oh well, you know. But the thing is, is for that first issue, um, I had you know gotten everything I could you know beg, borrow, or steal from other homeschoolers just writing articles, and I also researched, you know, this huge long article about a local homeschooler who was, you know, actually grappling with the, the local uh, community college about, like, her rights as a homeschooler. And they were like, you can't do this because blah, blah, blah. You know, and I was, it was really heartfelt. And, you know, I interviewed her and I wove this together and it just took like a million years and it was like 47 pages long and it just, you know. And then mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so that's going to be, you know, we'll post that as a free-to-read, you know, on the magazine's website. And then I'm like, Oh, you know what? I should write something short. I should write something funny. And so, like, literally, it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, she's do that. So, like, I think the night before we went live, I, like, you know, channeled this. And the <laughs> is, and I say channeled because what's funny is I think, I think, that anybody reading that would think, wow, she has heard it all and she is sick of it. But the thing is, is really... um. All the relatives and the friends have mostly been really, really cool with it. We've had a few dumb remarks, but nothing big. And those are mostly from, like, you know, passing strangers or, like, you know. I mean, um, so it really wasn't, if, if I had only had my own experience to go by, I never could have written that. Yeah. Because it just wasn't all that bad. However... In order to, you know, because I'm homeschooling an only child in a big city where you really have to, you know, ironically, because it's a big city, you really have to look around for other homeschoolers. Um, Because, like, I mean, I met people who homeschool, and the only way I met them was by going online, and we live, like, three blocks from one another. (laughs) How it is. I mean, like, really, it's just so, it's not like the the little suburb that I grew up in where you just kind of walk around and you know everybody, you know, and so it's, it's really different. And so, so I'm on like a million different loops, you know, like email loops and groups and forums and things. And I'm hearing everybody else, Oh yeah. you know, and they're just getting on going, Oh, my mother-in-law just said, blah, da, da, oh, you, know, no. like, you know, and I'm like, Oh man, that, that, wow. Sucks to be you. Okay. You know, and I took, <laughs> <laughs> I took every single sucks to be you moment that I had collected in my mind. I didn't even have to like go. I was like, you know, did I go online and look for these? I'm like, no, because I've heard all these before. And I just sat down and just went like, I don't think I've ever typed faster in my life. Just like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, what do you think, honey? And the last, the only one actually that's from my own, <laughs> my own experience is it doesn't actually have to do with homeschooling is um, my husband is, I'm sure will be startled to hear a very patient man. <laughs> 
can you imagine if he was anything like me? God, the, the, the building would have blown up by now. I mean, just <laughs> no. Do not marry like you if you are a walking volcano, okay? No, you <laughs> want to marry a lake okay, or something. I mean, just, yeah, no. You need somebody to mellow you down. And so, you know, so he's very calm and he's very patient and he's very, very funny. And I just, I remember we're like, you know, we were talking about something and by talking, I mean that he was saying something perfectly reasonable and I was screaming at him. And mm-hmm. just one point, you know, cause you know, I was awake and I was there, so why not? But you know, so I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I mean, really, if it's me and it's screaming, it's not personal. Right. If I'm quiet and kind of saying, oh, really? Is that what you, oh, cause okay, here's what's interesting. Yeah. Watch out. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually in a discussion with somebody about a Goodreads review that I posted about feminism. Yeah, that guy's getting calm to me. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> Says they're going to be bloody. Okay, but so anyway, you know. So yes, yeah, so I'm screaming. And like, I just, he said something that was just like so wrong. I'm like, wait, what? You know, and, and it just turned into like me just going, but, uh, huh? And <laughs> he looked at me like, you know, just realizing that this was not cool. You know, and, and he just says, oh, I know shut up, you know, and I'm like, yeah, that's what I meant to say, you know, and so that kind of our, like, our, our, my, my, I don't know if I want to say my safe word, but my, you know, my, like, the discussion's over now, honey, I know, shut up, you know, and like, (laughs) okay, um, and so, you know, so the last item on their homeschooling wish list is really the only one that kind of sort of came from my family, and it actually is the one that gets changed, if you Google and go around on people reprinting, the list on their blogs, that one gets left off or oh, it's no. changed into something nice. Cause I'm like, wait, no, if it's nice, they're going to know I didn't write it. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. Well, so, you know, um, so, and that's the one that says like, you know, here's an idea. If you don't have anything nice to say about homeschooling, shut up, you know? And it's like, okay, that's sweet. But, but the thing is, is I wrote this for homeschoolers. I didn't expect that anybody but homeschoolers would be remotely interested in this. And if I had known that so many civilians would be reading it and talking about it, I think I would have chickened out. Because it is, I read that, I'm like, oh my God, did I write that? You know, because it's harsh. I mean, but then people wrote and were like, oh, I wanted to say that, but I never could. I'm like, I don't say that. I typed that. No. I don't want to spend the rest of my life being slapped, you know, so, you know, but, but it was just everything that I've heard all my, my friends and, and fellow homeschoolers say that they've run into. And I just tapped it up real quick, you know, and kind of, you know, added my own little little patented bitterness to it. And, <laughs> and just didn't, I wasn't trying to be nice because the whole point was there are so many blogs out there written by so many nice homeschoolers. Right. We have nice homeschoolers. And in fact, I actually got into, shockingly, an argument with a non-homeschooler um, who was saying, like, you know, I read this thing you, you wrote on your Bitter Homeschooler um, website, and you know what? I would have been okay with the point you were making if you had just phrased it a little nicer, but you were still bitter. And I said, you know what? If I had just phrased it a little nicer, honey, you never would have even heard of it. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, nobody would have been talking about this. I'm the one who's out there not being nice because homeschoolers need somebody who will just be bitchy and say all the stuff that they are just boiling up to saying, but they can't because 
we really do have to be nice because we're a minority and we're kind of ambassadors to the movement. And when somebody asks yeah. us about homeschooling, it's like, oh, what about this or that? No matter how inane or even hostile their questions are, we have to be nice, partly because, you know, nine times out of ten, the kids are there, thanks. And, <laughs> no, and partly because we don't want to make homeschooling look bad. Right, right. And that's kind of what we're being told is that we're, we're representing, and mm-hmm. which really bites. Because, excuse me, how come when people whose kids are in public school, you know, have children who, I don't know, commit armed robbery, you know, that's <laughs> not anything to do with their educational choice. Right. But, you know, when our kids breathe, it's like, oh, they breathe weird because they're homeschool. I'm like, thank you. It's called asthma. Okay, just don't be rude. But, <laughs> it's, you know, I mean, it's just we represent. And so we really feel this pressure to be sweet, to be really polite, you know, mm-hmm. to be nice. And, you know, we don't want to be off-putting. And so I kind of go out there and I'm like, no, I'll, t- I'll take this. Let me do the heavy lifting for you. You know, and they... Yeah. You know, and they read this stuff like the bitter wish list and, you know, and, and just they can laugh about it and they can go like they can be secretly like, you know, inside, like just laughing their tits up and in the outside going, oh, that is so rude. I would never talk like that. You know, I know you wouldn't, honey. This one's on me. It's good. You're welcome. You know, so, yeah. So I think that's why that got around because it was so unabashed. You know, yeah. it's completely like, oh, yeah, well, hey, listen to this, you know. So, and and people were startled by that because homeschoolers don't talk like that. Yeah. yeah. don't. So, and it was so weird because it was like, you know, like I said, I wrote it at the absolute last minute. We we went live. The website, you know, went live. And, like, you know, you know, went up and I'm kind of going about my life. And, like, the next day I look at the stats and, like, 4,000 people have looked at it, which was huge because it was like a day, okay? I'm on like, you know, at the time I was on several loops, but most of them were local. And these are people from all over the place. And like then the next day it was like 12,000. Oh my. And, and I, you know, by the way, if I do get any kind of famous at all, it's a really good thing that it's happening comparatively late in life because apparently I do not handle it well. Because I was the next day when the 12,000 number came down, I was down there going, oh, I had 12,000 hits to something I wrote, and I'm doing laundry. What is wrong with this? <laughs> Don't I have people for this or something? You know, like, it's just really bad. So, yeah, if I, if I really, you know, if I ever do get famous, it's just like, oh, God, she's going to be unlivable. So, so it's probably just as well that it's just a, you know, okay, weird little cult following. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's, and it's not even really that, but it's, it's, you know, I mean, for real, it was just so bizarre because it was like, you know, and I'm getting letters from total strangers, civilians going, why do you have to be so mean? I'm like, wait, was I mean? What did I do? Oh, that? I didn't know you were that, you know? Like, I'm just like, why are you reading this? It says homeschooler. I know, right? Yeah. Why do you even want to read that? You know, and I'm like forgetting that, you know, America's hobby is reading about people that we're not, you know? So, right. you know, of course, they're reading this weird homeschooler article. They aren't weird homeschoolers. So of course I want to know, you know, what is that? So yeah, but that was, that was really weird. That was startling how quickly that, that picked up, you know, steam and just got all over the place and got me some weird emails. So, okay. (laughs) Well, okay. Um, (laughs) So Tina and I were really big fans of the secular homeschool magazine. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came about? (laughs) 
So apparently you want two lame origin stories in a row. All right. Um, We're okay with that. <laughs> All right. Literally, how bad is this? I, I was sitting at the computer. It was hot, so it was summer. It was those one of those five days a year that we actually feel hot in Santa Monica. And I literally, all I remember was that I was doing something that I didn't feel like doing. I don't remember what it was. It was something, you know, it was some tedious piece of research. It was some like, uh, I to look up the, uh, you know, I mean, like, it wasn't the laundry because, you know, I'm used to that, whatever. It was one of those things where it's like, if I could think of something else to do, I wouldn't have to do this. You know, I mean, which <laughs> is kind of everything except laundry and cooking because, you know, then we like starve and are stinky. But, you know, but <laughs> everything else I really am trying to dodge around here pretty much. Okay. And so literally I'm sitting at my computer thinking very distinctly that I don't want to be doing whatever it is I was in the middle of being about to do. And I thought in so many words, yeah, I could do this or, you know, nobody's ever started a totally secular homeschooling magazine. Mm-hmm. I should like, yeah, I should just like start a magazine because I'm feeling lazy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I should go on what's that TV show, Shark Tank, because that's the kind of business plan that people want to hear. I don't feel like looking up a spelling curriculum for my son. I think I'll start a magazine instead. That sounds like less work. So, yeah, and I just start kind of poking around, and and it was just like, and it it really, um, what's, again, like with homeschooling, the big things that you would think about would be like, they were just non-issues for me. I'm like advertisers, whatever, you know, I'm just like, fine, I'll just charge enough to pay for the paper and the printing and then everything else is just gravy. So it's like, all right. And, um, and then, you know, and the, the, so the big things are the like, Hey, you might have to write this whole entire thing by yourself. It's like, yeah, okay. All right. I, I talk a lot. I can just type a lot. All right. You know, so, <laughs> you know, it's pretty much the same thing around here. So, but finding a printer who would do a comparatively small print run, because we had no capital. I mean, we are broke. We're like, you know, just really pretty much, you know, perfectly ordinary paycheck to paycheck. My husband's been, you know, laid off twice in the past decade kind of thing. And we're fine. I mean, we're fine. Don't send, like, well, send chocolate, but don't send like <laughs> or anything like that. We're fine, but we do not have money lying around to finance, you know, anything. Okay. And so, you know, this pretty much had to be paying for itself at all times right from the beginning, even if it didn't pay for more than that. Um, it had to pay for itself. And so finding a printer, and I called all of these places, and they had minimum print runs that were really, you know, not unreasonable if you are <laughs> a grown-up with an actual magazine. But if you're me, you know, you need, like, hi, can you do, like, um... 113 copies. Can we do like that? And he's like, you know, and I'm calling around. They're like, well, we can do a minimum of a thousand. I'm like, you do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, my mom's calling me. I gotta go, you know? And so like, I'm just calling around and, you know, and we were going to do it via Lulu and it costs like too much with that. And people were like, no, I just can't buy it if it's that much per copy, you know? And finally I call this one printer and I'm like, hi, um, hi, you know, cause I had called like a million people at this point or four. I forget. It's the same thing. But anyway, <laughs> Like, you know, I call him like, hi, yeah, if I were going to print a magazine, um, <laughs> like, it's like 97,000 degrees because it's, you know, the second day in Santa Monica that it's going to be hot. Um, you know, so, um, 
if I were going to print a magazine, like, what's your minimum print run? You know, and I'm like waiting for like, oh, 40,000, you know. And this guy, and I don't remember, he had this like really charming accent. It was like Greek or something. And he just, and he kind of laughs and he says, well, I can print you one. Or I'm like, what? And he says, I can print you however many you want. I'm like, are you serious? You know, and I'm like, <laughs> he's like sitting over there going, okay, this is not usually how people respond when I you know, <laughs> give them really basic information like this, you know? And so that was like the one big hurdle. And I finally found this place and it was like, Oh, okay. You know, so, so it kind of was pretty much like all the things that are important to, you know, big official magazines were really not daunting. Cause I was kind of, you know, stupid and, and wasn't sleeping very much, but all the, you know, the one thing that you would kind of think of like a printer, whatever, you know, was like a huge big deal until I found like that one guy. So, yeah, but so so basically, yeah, uh, secular homeschooling started because I really didn't feel like doing that one thing that one time that I've since forgotten what it even was. So, <laughs> so there we go. Well, that that was a great origin story. Actually, <laughs> I, I really like that one. Actually, um, let's see. So, I'm sure many of our listeners would also be curious to know what are your plans for the future of Secular Homeschool Magazine. Uh, and I keep tossing that around. I I want there to be a future of it. And I'm just not sure what that's going to be. I'm, I want to, um, like my husband helps me with a lot of, helps me. My husband does, um, the like layout and things. And I really, and I want to learn to do more of that on my own, but if nothing else, I at least want like a best of like volume, preferably electronic, because a lot of people want this. Because you, you back when it first started, there were a few people asking for an electronic version, but this was really before like Kindle and Nook had really taken off big, and it wasn't. It didn't seem very practical. It was, um, and I'd actually worked for a um, an electronic magazine years and years ago. Um, I kind of that was kind of how I learned to you know stay up until four in the morning writing because it's a deadline and. Um, and the thing is, the guy had a great vision and a great plan and, and, you know, a lot of people who really, really liked his magazine. And um, when he, you know, he was trying to make it work with the advertising and stuff. And finally, he's like, all right, um, I'm going to go ahead and take this live. And it's instead of relying on advertising, because we're just, you know, the advertising just really isn't happening. So we keep kind of losing money on this. All right, we're going to go ahead and have it. People buy the magazine. And he went ahead and released it that way. And like two days after he released it, he had like dozens of people reviewing it and raving about it online and saying how great it was. And this is amazing. And you should read this, which is great, except for he had sold nine copies because basically at that time, electronic was so new and very slippery. Mm. And it had just, it was like, if one person pays for this, that's basically, okay, that's 50 people I can just, like, give it to. And people really were, you know, and I had seen him just getting completely ripped off by, you know, by doing this this plan. Because, like I said, it was just, it was new technology and people really, you know, and people really felt like, look, if it's online, if it's electronic, it should be free. And this person's being really rude by charging anything. So, okay, I'll buy it, but then I'm going to, like, you know, give it to 80,000 of my closest friends. And I was really wary of that in the beginning because I didn't see why my magazine should be any different at all. This guy was way more savvy than I was and he got completely burnt and the magazine, you know, ended up crashing and burning and I really didn't want that. But now, you know, the technology is much different. Um, and people are used to the idea of paying for reading material 
um, online, like especially if it's like you know Kindle or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I could see releasing at, at least reviving um, the back issues and uh, releasing like a, a best of volume, you know, and then see where I'm going from there uh, in terms of there being a future with uh, new material. Um, and I, you know, I do still get letters from people offering um, articles and offering material and, and things like that. And I'm, I always hesitate and feel like, oh, I don't know, let me think about that for eight weeks. Cause I, you know, I just, I don't quite know how to reply because I really, you know, I do want to make this work and I do still get letters from people saying, I really want to buy like all of this. Can you like, you know, keep doing this? Um, but it was, it was really, it's not just that it was a lot of work because I'm not afraid of work. It's, it's not that. And it's, I am used to work, but it was a lot of factors all at once. And, uh, you know, that, the health stuff that I don't want to, you know, bore you about that really kind of kicked in. And I, I just kind of became, you know, my health became so unpredictable, not in like a, you know, fatal kind of way, but, but just like, you know, that I really kind of felt like it was not possible for me to commit to something that really would, you know, have deadlines and printers and lugging and mailing and, you know, doing all that. So, um, I don't know. I mean, basically if there were literally, basically if there were demand, I mean, there are heartfelt people out there and I get that. And I know that I could sell it if I did it, but the demand would have to be pretty big because at this point I would need some help. Whether it's like, hey, I'd be able to, you know, pay a lady to come over once every couple of weeks and clean, so I don't have to, you know, or like have somebody help like with the mailing, you know, or or something like that. So, so it's a big fat. I don't know. I guess is my my usual decisive, you know, thing. So, yeah, I'm not quite ready to let it die, but. I'm not quite ready to say, here's where we're going next, you know, with this. So I don't know. Stay tuned, I guess, if that doesn't sound too big. There you go. Stay tuned is a good answer. Stay tuned. (laughs) So come join us next episode for the rest of the interview. We still have 46 more minutes of interview with Deborah Marcus to share with you next time. Yay! (laughs) So if you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends all about us. You can follow us on Twitter at Savvy Homeschool, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Savvy Homeschool Moms, on Pinterest at pinterest.com forward slash Savvy Homeschool, and on Instagram, we are Savvy Homeschool Moms. To leave us a voicemail message with your questions or comments, call 559-426-6670 or drop us an email at moms at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. For links to resources shared in this episode and to view notes on all of our shows, you can visit us on the web at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. You can also find Becky on the web at BeckyTatro.com, and I can be found at HomeschoolRealm.com, and the links for those are also on the Savvy Homeschool Moms website on our About pages. Well, goodbye, everybody. Have a great week, and come back and take a break with us again next time. Goodbye. Bye. Now, take it in another room because I'm recording, unless you're going to sit here totally quietly. Can you do that? Okay, go on the other side. He's honest. What? Totally quietly for me. On my planet means sitting super loud. Oh, okay. <laughs> go in the other room then, goofball. Okay. Well, my children are from the same planet. I don't so. know how you want to word that. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> and you started. Blah, 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 blah. Sorry. Okay, I'm shutting up. Shh.
doing all yeah, that we inter- stuff. Yeah, we interviewed. We interviewed it. <laughs> we <laughs> interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gonna be one of those days. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and talk over me when I'm clearing my throat, which is going away, but is so annoying. So, okay. <laughs> do you have a Do you have a mute button? I. <laughs> Imagine clearing my throat, and you said, "Do you have a mute?" I'm like, "Oh God, is she mentioning mucus?" Because ew. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>